Apple is back. Oh, it's the the bright light of the world is back, baby. <laughs> First, I mean, how do you feel that now that we're in fall season, football is back at your main sport? I mean, come on, you with something. I mean, you can't be happier than this time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you really can't. It is the best, and we got a lot to discuss, man. I mean, unbelievable. Here, for here, from here, and for the next three months, it's football for four days out of the week. I will say that Notre Dame uh, allowed me to not worry about college football season anymore because uh, <laughs> you know we can't beat Marshall at home. So I don't know if you want to touch on that. I could go into that a little bit. <laughs> I didn't watch any of the Notre Dame game. I, I uh... uh, look, I'll stop you right there. You didn't miss anything, but Mister Peanut being absurdly confused, upset, and betrayed by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I mean, you bring in Marshall for your home opener. You're Notre Dame. I mean, just what does that tell you? If you're a Notre Dame fan, what should I be expecting going into that game? A stomping of Marshall. A stomping. Correct. You're a sacrificial lamb. Thanks for coming. Here's a boatload of money. Send you on your way with a 40-point L. Not the case. Not the case. I mean, I had a lot more faith in Tyler Buckner than you probably did, but good Lord. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) (laughs) That's it it right there. (laughs) They... They have no offense. It was a disgusting effort. Uh, new head coach, I don't know where I'm at now. Now it takes me back to the times where I was in high school and we're losing to, like, Tulane, Duke. Bad times, really bad times as a Notre Dame fan. So, yeah, I mean, we lost to Marshall. Now, I don't I don't even look at the schedule now because what does it matter? We were 0-2. The highlight of this season is going to be that we lost to Ohio State by 11. Whew. So, I mean, it's so disappointing that in week two, it's over. And that's just how it went for me on Saturday. However, (laughs) Sunday brought me the complete opposite amount of joy. I'm talking Bears 49ers. The world. I'm looking at the camera here. Every single media member, talking head, Analyst, I'll count this out. I think we talked about it in previous episodes. The Bears were predicted to be the worst team in football. The worst? Right. I mean, hey, we're not – I'm not – don't get me wrong. We're still not very good. But I mean, the Green Bay Packers might be the worst after this weekend. <laughs> but, no, the Bears did exactly what – you know, I always thought that we had a chance in this game, for starters. We had a chance. And then they came out in the first half, and the offense was anemic. Yeah, it was kind of weird how slow they started. That wasn't weird to me. I mean, that's just kind of been how it's been. I I think for myself, I I went into it uh, very optimistic for the Bears, which, you know, may have been a mistake. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I was waiting for the whole first half of the fucking football game for you guys to score. And – I would say my level of – it was more like pissed off confidence, you know? It was like, oh, let's, okay. let's show people that we yeah. can at least compete with a right. team like the 49ers. So, 
like on paper, obviously they're the better team, whatever. But there's something to be said about a home opener and you know the new energy and uh, I just I love the way they were playing Polar Bear. They were flying around trying to force fumbles in the the torrential downpour that was going on. Right. And we had a huge fumble, force fumble on Debo Samuel in the first half, stopped the scoring drive there. And that moment, I go, that's the Bears I know and love. That's the Bears that actually gives us a chance to win. Get our offense back on the field, cause turnovers. Correct. Whenever the Bears have been good, that's what the recipe is. It's never been the offense leads the way. Right. So, I mean, watching the defense play, I was uh, thoroughly impressed with what I saw. I agree. I thought, you know, there, it was odd, you know, Trey Lance for me is just kind of like a guy, right? Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, cause here's the thing, you know, the bears are getting all this shit from the media and rightfully so. I mean, we haven't been good in a while um, offensively specifically, but on the other side, I'm going, well, they have basically a new quarterback too. So where's the question marks coming into the game for this guy? Right. And, and there just I, there just wasn't that banter. I so, agree. And that was yeah, my right. side of it too. Like Trey Lance is this is his first game. Right. So it's like obviously he plays for a better on paper team, but right. you still gotta prove that you belong there. So right. I was I wasn't going in there like, oh no, Trey Lance. I was like, no. Show me who Trey Lance is. I'm right. pretty sure, you know, we're going to make it difficult on him. And we did. Causing turnovers. Huge pick by uh, uh, Jackson there on the third down. Massive, massive play that changed or continued the momentum on our side. Um, well, even it, the was, pick- it was a strange game. But look, if the Bears, the Bears in the games that they're going to win this year, it's going to be strange games. If we make it a strange game, that's in our favor. There you go. I mean, yeah. And then, I mean, on the other end, how I feel about Justin Fields is confused. I mean, I I couldn't say he's the answer yet, but I don't know. I go, I literally during the game, I go back and forth. I go, he's no good. And then he makes this miraculous across his body throw and one time. And then he's running for the you know, like a first down, a huge first down. The next time I'm awesome. going, well, shit, maybe he is good. So I'm in constant like I have no idea, but that's my guy for now. So I'll ride or die. But it's a war every every play. I have no idea what's gonna happen. Going into Green Bay this week, I expect the worst because that's how it's that's honestly how it always goes. But well, yeah, to that go point with with Fields, I guess my question is: is if he if he had more, let's just say he had more big name wide receivers around him, would you feel that same way? I mean, I, I feel, okay, this is how I saw the game for Fields was I still feel he's trying to figure out what type of quarterback he really wants to be in the NFL. But also, you know, he's got to spread the ball to a lot of different guys where you know, let, let's. I'm not trying to equate him to like Josh Allen. Josh Allen has, you know, like Stephon Diggs. He is my number one. He's a guy that I know, you know, in my back pocket. If I have that risky throw, I can throw it in there. Where with with Justin Fields, it's kind of 
I got to spread this around because I'm still in my eyes, just as the fan, I, I, he's still trying to figure out who is his like quote unquote safety net. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that, that as a, you know, as a young quarterback that makes you go through all of your progressions, right? Like, okay, I got to go through everything. I'm holding on to the ball a little bit longer, if you will. You know, it's like a golfer trying to hit a golf ball. Like, okay, keep my head down, shoulders, you know, back straight, eye on the ball. You're going through all of these things versus where, you know, like, again, I'm equating to him to Josh Allen, where it's just, hey, I can lob it to whomever I want to. And then I always have just in the back pocket, I got Stefan or that safety net guy. I, I That's how I felt, especially like um, on that play where he kind of broke out and the play kind of broke down, and then he had, I don't know mm-hmm. the guy's name, but wide open, and then he yeah. just went in for a touchdown. I mean, those are the kind of things that, one, build confidence with him, but, two, hey, who am I looking for? Okay, nothing's working. Let me try and use my legs. Oh, shit, let me just dump it across. You know, that that's how, that's what I saw out of Fields. Yeah, and I that's the part that I like the best about him is he has the ability to make those kind of plays. And that's right. what I'm like, okay, maybe this guy is special. But I think what you're talking about is the progression that a quarterback himself has to go through. So this is year two for him. Um, like you said, I mean, the Bears don't have marquee receivers. They just don't. Right. Um, so to me, what I'm looking for is what kind of what you're talking about. I want to see if he can just – find the open guy if he can run an offense in you know we can average 250 yards a game something like that would tell me like because eventually you know sports is cyclical we're gonna find guys who are gonna be on the outside that are gonna be you know better than the guys we have now like years to come I'm talking but uh for right now I mean it's it's more just can he lead the team which he's a team captain which is a great start I've only heard good things on in that regard off the field um and then it's just, can you perfect an offense and make it your own, basically? So week one, I don't think that's quite a check mark. I mean, we won the game. So as long as you get the W, you're always going to get more credit for that. But that's definitely something I'm looking for this year is can we progressively get him better? And can, does it does the Bears offense look like something that's an oil, a well-oiled machine? You know, it does it at least middle of the road, I would say. Because, um, I mean, the quarterbacks, I feel like, that don't work out, uh, the young ones, are ones that they can't, they just can't learn to read the defense in the NFL, which obviously is a next-level thing. So guys like Josh Rosen, um, you know, Matt Leiner, I don't know. There's a ton of quarterbacks that don't pan out. Right. But uh, I think that's the main thing is having that next level of intellect and that's what I'm hoping that he has in him. And I think he does, but only uh, time will tell if he can reach that next level to the Josh Allens, the Holmes. I mean, those guys, you know what stats they're going to put up each week. Right. So that's the next tier of quarterback. With the Bears right now, you have no idea if one play could be that rollout 51-yard touchdown or it's a 10-yard sack. There's just no in-between. So, yeah, it's it's all up in the air, but – a good start, I would say. Do you have him beating the Packers? Honestly, no. <laughs> I'm actually – I'm, I'm a little optimistic there. I I, I can lean myself well, towards the towards – You the, haven't seen what I've seen. You haven't bled like I've – No, no. That's, I, I, that's I, why. No, no. That's and why. I can, I understand. I'm, I'm coming from the outsider in, right? 
but honestly, that's it's a shield from me to <laughs> just say that because <laughs> God forbid I have any expectations that we're gonna go in there and win the game because then it's game over. Then the then Aaron Rodgers knows I'm expecting to win. <laughs> oh yeah, and then no. he's got a vendetta against the peanut. Yeah, I mean that's a really tough game. Uh, they it just is. came off a loss, got embarrassed by the Vikings, which is a week one. Can we just talk about how bizarre those games were this week? And I will tell you, this is quick exactly, transition. <laughs> this is well, this is exactly why, and I'm glad we talked about this. None of these teams starters have played a full game. You got guys trying to figure out games. I mean, let here's let's talk about. I mean, I know we we're going to talk about like Raiders Chargers. Let's just talk about the Raiders Chargers game. I mean, flat out. I think everybody going into that game thought it was going to be a blowout by the Chargers. Not even close. And what, we didn't get a score until I want to say maybe the second quarter for them. I mean, very similar to the, to the bears um, 49ers game. Didn't get a score until, uh, you know, the second half of football. It's just the first two weeks for the polar bear, for me in the NFL in regular season is learned. You're learning all this shit over again because yeah, there's practice, there's this, there's, you know, you know, you have joint practices and shit like that, but nothing comes down to the game and look, they get, the starters get protected. They get, okay, Hey, here's 10 plays. It's none of that gets you set up for a full game and mistakes are, will be made and the plays will be slow. I mean, and players too. I mean, look at cam acres, right? Like, yeah, where was he? Fucking it? started the guy and he fucked him. <laughs> he was absent. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just so strange because you think you have an idea of like how teams are going to match up based on how it went last year. Right. And then it does turn out like through the wave of the season, like the record's going to shape up that way. But week one is like the Wild West. Like the Vikings beat the Packers by like three touchdowns. Uh, Rodgers is like out of sorts, which is exactly what he did week one last year. And we talked about that. Right. Uh, Tom Brady, ba- I mean, he basically had to do nothing in that game. And the stats show that. I mean, the Cowboys were a waste of time, essentially. So we didn't even right. really see anything from Brady. They still get the W. But, I mean, really the only teams that you could say looked the part were Kansas City, who just uh-huh. blew out the Cardinals, which – what does that say about Kyler Murray? Says yeah, what I've been saying forever. He fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, that was really surprising based on how the Cardinals started last year. I mean, to get blown out at home. I get the Chiefs the Chiefs, but yikes. And then um, Baltimore beating the Jets in New York. Jets stink, obviously. But the ba- Baltimore took care of business and Lamar looked the part. Right, but um, it took Lamar a while to actually like get into the groove. Of yeah, the same. Game. Yeah, exactly. And that—that's what I'm talking about—is just the fact that there's, you know, quarterbacks are so protected, and it shows in the first week of the regular season that they're still getting timing down. You know, and it, right? I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. You know, look at Kyler Murray. Like, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I don't think I don't like Kyler Murray. He's almost on the verge of like Baker for me, but. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, it shows, and it, I just threw my pen. It shows, um, how, 
I, it just how how slow or how much progression they actually need to get into full form for the NFL. And they're not getting preseason games. Yeah, they have a little time here and there, but none of that is real. You know, you might be going up against the twos at that point. Yeah, I mean, to this point, bringing it back to how I feel about the Bears next week, this is kind of how the season goes for a lot of the good teams is they get kind of smacked in the mouth Correct. the first couple of weeks or the, or literally just the first week. And then right. the great ones and the great coaching staffs figure out what went wrong and then they start making adjustments and they become the good team that they are. So Aaron Rodgers, of course, is just going to take it out on my bears. I mean, it's just, I don't know how many times I have to say on this freaking show. <laughs> it's it's nothing that I can control. It's all it's infuriating, honestly, because we it's always so annoying because we'll have like a big win like the 49ers, and then the Chicago media will almost be like, eh, what if? What if we beat the Packers? What if? We'd be 2-0, they'd be 0-2. It's like, dude, that's not going to happen, okay? Right. Let's just – I almost want us to be, like, quiet until it's over. <laughs> just let the but, game go. I mean, and plus just the level of success that Aaron Rodgers has had versus the Bears, it's almost like another tune-up game for him to become what he's been his entire career. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that that way. So yeah. we have a lot – of young players coming into that game, which is exciting. I mean, we're going to give the same type of effort that we gave in week one, which I love. So I, you know, I'm going to be rooting for the bears, but I mean, it takes so much to take that guy down. And I've probably, I've seen it like a handful of times during his career. So that's, you know, that a little tidbit on, week one's disaster into the teams that you know start figuring it out and oh, yeah teams like mine are the casualty of that because we don't we don't figure it out for 18 weeks but right now we're one and up so i'm staying positive <laughs> but the polar bear is uh you know he he signed what was it the three-year contract for the bills uh seasons and uh, as the fan i didn't get any signing bonus out of it i but you know yeah you just get to participate in the ups and downs of being an NFL teams fan. Right. And in week <laughs> one, and for the first game of the uh, season of 2023, essentially, um, the Bills kicked it off, baby. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I think everybody in that, going into that game, thought it was going to be a war, if you will. And it turned out that way in the beginning and then, you know, just started pulling away. I mean, it's almost like the Rams had no idea what the fuck was going on towards the end of that game, which is awesome. Something that what that my biggest takeaway from that whole game was yes, the bills turned the ball over quite a bit. Josh Allen threw picks, but I, I can't remember if I was talking to you about it or someone else during the game, but Josh Allen was throwing balls as if he was a 10 year veteran. I mean, there was one ball yeah, that he I threw. Agree. I can't, I, I don't recall who he threw it to, but I mean, the window was the size of this bottle cap. I mean, no one, no one would have caught that. No one's going to throw it. And he threw it and it got caught. And I'm looking at it going, 
who's throwing that kind of ball? And it, how I saw it with Josh Allen and also the Bills themselves is they have a little bit of that trigger. I mean, they put, they were on the gas the whole game. And I'm not to say that, not to say the Rams didn't have a good game. I thought they played pretty damn well. It's just the Bills came on top. I mean, they were fast to the football on defense. They were throwing balls. Josh Allen was doing well. I mean, the running game was Devin Singletary was able to run everywhere, which I've been talking a lot of shit on Devin, Devin Singletary. That's we one both thing. Have. Yeah, that's one thing that I thought the Bills really needed work, to, work on in the offseason. And, I, I mean, uh, you know, prove me wrong, they did. And, I mean, it was an amazing game. Yeah, I, I would say it was a tale of two halves, right? So the first right. half ended in a 10-10 tie, and then the Bills, Josh Allen, and the defense. Defense didn't give a point in the second half, and Josh Allen, like saying, was making, you know, top two quarterback throws. Um, right. Which, to me, it solidifies the Bills as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And the things that stuck out to me, aside from just Josh Allen looking the part of – an MVP candidate, which I totally, I mean, because just from the fact that he's can fit it in those windows, like you were talking about, uh, you know, he can throw it deep. He, we had, he had a few deep throws that were just phenomenal. One to Gabriel Davis and the other to Diggs, who was covered by Ramsey, and uh, he won that battle, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, but also his running capability. There was a huge third down where it was basically him and the defender going head to head, and he throws that stiff arm. And gets another like three yards. I mean, that just tells you everything about everything you need to know about Josh Allen. Right. I mean, he's gonna go nose to nose with you, and he got the first down. Um, but defensively, I was very impressed with Von Miller, who at his age really shouldn't be as effective as he is, but man, what a freaking difference he made on the D line and his rush to Matt Stafford, because Stafford looked not great. No, really. he's not. And, I mean, he has Cooper Cup, who had a great game, but they made him look mortal. And I think it was more so this uh, the Bills' defensive line coming together rather than Stafford having a poor performance, but they revamped the entire D-line, oh, and they looked big, and they looked like they were, gonna, they were getting after the quarterback in the second half. And then they, ha- they still have their DBs from last year, so – yeah, I mean, the Bills look like a scary bunch to be clicking like that. And also, the very first drive for them to just march down the field, score, right. like just boom, boom, boom. I was like, wow, this might they might put up 50 if they continue this way. Uh, and like you said, they made some mistakes that stopped that. But, I mean, so crisp of a start, and that kind of tells you what this team's expectations are for this year. So, I'm high on the Bills. Uh, they have one of the worst divisions in football too, so that's only going to help. Dolphins, Dolphins, Bills may be interesting games, um, but the Patriots and Jets. I mean, they are on the decline rather than the than climbing. Yeah, so. I, don't, I mean the Jets. The Jets have just been stagnant in poop for a while, and yeah, they're they're talk about who should be the worst team in the NFL. I mean, that's right, right there. I wish we could play the Jets. Right. And I mean, just touching on the Patriots, it just, it's really, you know what it is? is (laughs) It's like, it's like Bill Belichick is just trying to like, just do his shit, which is fine. You know, he has the Belichick way when we've talked about that, 
but he's got like Matt Patricia. I think he's the quarterback coach now. It's like, are you just, are, are you just bringing that? I think he's on the offense. I don't think he's on the defense. It's like, are you just wow. bringing your boys back? Like, yeah, let's see if we can make this work again. It's not going to work, man. He doesn't. It's, yeah. It, that's really interesting if that's true. Uh, we'll have to fact check that. Fact check us and then DM us. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, they their offense is bad. Mac Jones, right. I don't believe in either. It's another one of those young guys where I'm, I just don't see it. Like, you know, not being a hit. I'm just saying, I just don't see what the peak is for him. I like, could see him know. being a really good quarterback, but he needs a really good quarterback coach. I and uh, I, yeah. I don't see. I, I don't see Mac Jones being successful on the Patriots with this current coaching staff. And like like what happened versus the Dolphins, I mean, they if they don't have a lead, he is like it's just over. Like they can't they don't have the offense Stagnant. to yeah. like attack on when you're behind. They're once they get ahead, they can like establish Damian Harris and Stevenson as a running game, but man, if they need to score it, I just it's one of the it's very Bears-like, okay? <laughs> Diverting from football into huge card last weekend. My UFC God. 279. Supposedly, Nate Diaz's final go as a uh, fighter in the promotion. I, I thought it was pretty awesome. I mean, for a main card that was almost destroyed <laughs> like a day before, and for the UFC to change fights and make fights a day before and for everyone who was supposed to be on there to stay on there was wild to begin right. with and starting with the Hamzat Holland fight it was here's my thing with Hamzat obviously obviously he's a very like dominant grappler and that's what we saw I mean he basically ran in there tackled him Wrapped him up like a python, and that was that. Dude, they were which is fine. around the whole time. Yeah, which is fine. But I don't know. Is it really like you're the best? It's almost like it's a wrestling match at that point, I feel like. And that's, you know, it's, it's Holland's fault for allowing it to get to that point. But it's almost like it's not really a fight. It's It's more of a grappling thing, which is his strength. But on a day's notice, I would have seen. I would have liked to see a little more striking, a little more, you know, dog v dog mentality rather than like he knew he could do that. Probably with most people, minus, you know, like the Khabib and Russian class of wrestlers. But I don't know. I mean, it was cool to watch, hundred percent. I was into it while they were rolling around and freaking right. twisting well, and he, up. But yeah. yeah, I mean, to your point, I think. Don't get me wrong. To get to make a fight amazing, everyone wants to see striking. You know, we want to see some pops to the head. You know, we want to see blood, essentially, right? But my my favorite part of UFC are the guys that can be on the ground and grapple and move around, because everyone is so natural at being and and comfortable being on their feet. It's when you're on the ground when you have another another individual's body weight on you while you're trying to defend is what I think is um, very, very interesting to see. And what I got out of 
the whole grappling and things like that was that was the game plan for him knowing that I did not prepare for this guy and how can I win this fight I can attack him as fast as I can which is a very unorthodox but smart move and just keep pressing because that whole fight the whole time he was on top of Holland Holland was having to defend the whole time he was on his heels and Chemayev was just boom, boom, boom. I'm going to attack, 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 attack. And then there was a point where Chemayev like got on top and was just laying some blows on him, mm-hmm. which, you know, is what everybody wants to see. And then it turned into this, I got you in this neck hold. And how long was Holland in that neck hold? For? I mean, God, it wasn't Lord. very long. I mean, the whole fight was under a minute, I think. So, yeah, it just, it, it's pretty fascinating how he attacked he he took that fight on mind you he had prepared what was it i think like three months for this fight beforehand um and then to have it i mean look he didn't make weight that's what i wanted to get into the fact that hamza was supposed to fight nate diaz that was the fight which was going to be awesome um but he comes in like nine pounds overweight Correct. And then when Rogan interviewed him in the octagon, he's like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. So, I don't know. I feel like his character or, like, identity in the UFC is starting to change from just, like, this cool guy that knocks everybody out or submits everybody in, like, the first minute to, like, kind of a, kind of a uh, bad guy. Cleaned up my language there. <laughs> it's okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he confuses me now because – it's it was a question mark of is he gonna move up? Are we gonna see him in the big fights? Is he gonna match like are we gonna see him in some title fights or is he just gonna keep whooping these guys that aren't you know wrestlers? So right. a lot of question marks with Hamza at this point, in my eyes. Yeah. Other than the fact that he can submit you in a minute. Right. And I don't know if you read I I after the whole debacle of him not making weight, I I was reading a couple articles and there's a couple articles. There was one that said he, that he actually, his coach told him to stop cutting weight. And then there was another yeah, article that. where there was an interview with Jemayev where he said that, um, it was doctor a doctor told yeah. him to stop. And I, I, I think there's just a, a, you know how it is, you know, interviews, interviews, but, I think there's, like you said, there's some things that are flowing where it's going, what is going on here? You know, it's, who knows what's going to happen with him? I think he's really, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I need, I mean, he's only six and L. So I, I think I need to maybe see maybe two or three more fights out of him to see what I really want to gauge him as a fighter. I, like you said, he can grapple and take someone down, but put him up against somebody that's a true contender and that can really push him to the limits. I would love to see because his, his, uh, you know, infancy in the UFC will really show if he is the bee's knees or just some guy. <laughs> right. And the Gilbert Burns fight was way different than the Holland fight. I mean, that was a total equal matchup and it could have gone either way. So obviously like the higher he's going to, the higher, caliber opponent he's fighting could change the wrestling which we saw with burns so i'm not sure if he just had an off night or you know burns is good on the takedown defense but i definitely want to see him fight 
you know, like an Usman or, uh, you know, maybe a, t- a top guy in the middleweight too. I don't know. But it's pretty clear at this point that he can – he's going to submit, you know, people that aren't at that level. So Correct. I think we've got that, and let's go to the next phase of his career. Right. But then the uh, fight or the main event, which was truly a main event, Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson, two legends in the game. Right. What do you got? Um, <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, let me lay this out there just prior to us really diving into the fight. I felt like this was – it showed both Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz's age, this fight. I mean, look, these guys are well-respected. <laughs> these guys are well-respected in the UFC, and when you – when you hear UFC, those got their names are definitely going to be a part of that conversation. Um, I I think just the whole fight itself and just leading up to it was just so odd. But my whole time while I'm watching the whole fight between these two guys, I mean, we'll get into the third round, but the just the whole fight, I'm going man, these guys are old and, and, and I, and no disrespect to those two fighters. It just, this was, this was really just, I don't know what was going on. And, you know, and, and this is uh, Mr. You know, the polar bear conspiracy theory again is I either Nate Diaz or Tony Ferguson were looking for cash because at the end of the fight, Nate Diaz was really showing Tony Ferguson some love. And like a lot of people have said, this is most likely Nate Diaz's last fight, but mm-hmm. the way that Tony Ferguson, and of course I'm making this totally conspiracy theory, was like, thank you for allowing me to fight you to get on this card and make some money because sure. Tony Ferguson yeah. just, and he's already an unorthodox fighter, mm-hmm. but he just looked so out of place. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head of what it looked like. It was definitely two 37, 38-year-olds uh, duking it out who were once, you know, I think they still can fight. They still have right. the ability and all right. the instincts, but definitely slower uh, looking. And then, I mean, the weird part was Diaz a few times was just kind of like walking around or around three, yeah. literally uh, like hanging on the, the octagon like wall, like uh, I'm going to take a break. At one point, I thought, is he just going to, like, walk out of here? What a move that is. Because, you know, you That would be Nate Diaz's move. Right. It's like, I'm out of here. Peace. Yeah. So, I was kind of waiting for that. But, I mean, I th- I still thought it was an entertaining fight. Um, I thought Nate pretty much controlled the, the flow of the fight. And it was pretty much a stand-up boxing fight, which was, honestly, that was more in Tony Ferguson's favor. Because right when he brought him down, Nate you know, had his way with him. Right. Um, and Tony yeah. was trying to chop him down. I mean, he was kicking yeah. up. I mean, and he was kicking up, where... and those kicks were working. Right. And Nate was, you know, slapping him around pretty good. And, uh, you know, Ferguson's leg was all bloodied up. But, yeah, honestly, it was a great fight. It was a great card. I was excited about the card. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's like if this fight would have happened maybe like six, seven years ago, it would have been a completely different oh. scene. Now we have Tony Ferguson um, 
I think that's like fifth or sixth, maybe even seventh loss in a row. And, you know, Nate, that's his first fight in like a long while. So it kind of, it did have that retirement, like send him out on a W type of uh, feel to it. Right. Um, But Nate Diaz himself, I'm a huge fan of. I love how he's his own character, like doesn't play by the UFC's rules, doesn't care what you think. Um, Constantly talking shit to McGregor when sometimes McGregor is trying to like, be like, yeah, us. And he's like, no, fuck you. (laughs) So that's kind of always been the the Diaz brothers' mo, get, uh, going back to his brother Nick when he used to fight. So definitely a long, solid career as a fighter. Oh, yeah. um, and so, and then his uh, interview afterward, he said he's gonna show fighters how to build themselves up like he did. I don't know what that means. If he that means lie. he's gonna start a UFC type company or like he's like an agent, I have no idea what it means. Does he know what it means? I don't know. But that's kind of. That's kind of how Nate Diaz rolls. But I was definitely happy to see him get this win over. And I, I was excited about the Diaz-Hamza thing. But the more I thought about it, I mean, Hamza probably does what he did to Holland, to Diaz, just because he's younger. You know, it's just, it's an easy win, I think. It's not an actual brawl, which is what Diaz is looking for. It's more of that match, what I'm talking about. So I was happy that it ended up being Diaz Ferguson rather than uh on Diaz. Yeah, I, I I think if that fight actually happened, I, I I'll be honest, my opinion of how that fight would have gone would be either way. Uh based off of the results of the Chimaev and the Holland fight and the Diaz Ferguson fight, I think I think if Chimaev does the same thing to Diaz, uh I I feel like it's a little bit of a difficult battle on the ground with Nate. I mean, that guy can, yeah, he, he, he's dangerous anywhere and getting him on the ground. Like he may have shown to some shit, you know, and, and then getting up off the floor and having that fight, who knows what would have happened with that. I, I, I would have, I agree with you on how the results of the fights. I, I'm happy. We got to see both essentially two different, two different fights. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little upset that we didn't get to see that battle between Diaz and Chimaev. Um, but like I said, like you said, I, I, I do agree. It was a very nice, if, if this is the send off, it was a, it was a nice send off and, and I, I'm happy for him. The whole, I mean, I love what you said about Nate. He is his own guy. Um, it, it It's funny. I, I hate, I don't want to make this, uh, you know, connection but to me it's it's like nate's the wwe guy of ufc where he makes his own rules and own character and and he and he's successful at it where there's a lot of guys in the ufc that are still trying to figure that out or or are trying too hard to be that person right and probably the latter yeah exactly and you know i i think that's why so many people love nate diaz and you know as a ufc fan and as you as you know yourself I think we both respect him in that way. So if this is his last fight, I, God bless him. I'll miss him. But, you know, I hope I hope he comes back for some random shit and just bullies some people. <laughs> Jake Paul. <laughs> I would love to see that shit. All right. Sports banter world. Football's back. I can't say it enough. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of a hodgepodge of what 
the hell happened week one. A lot of close games, missed field goals. There was a tie. Colts-Texans doesn't quite get the, the time on our show because, like, we don't really care. But a tie is interesting. And they actually, on that note, the Colts waived the Rodrigo Blankenship today for uh, missing that kick, basically. So it's a tough life when you're a kicker and you miss the field goal. That's for sure. But we got my Bears, 1-0, against all odds, going into Green Bay. I'm more cautious than I am pessimistic. <laughs> if, I mean, look, that whole – when I'm watching the game, I'm all in. I'm going after everyone's head. Rodgers, you stink. Whole, you know, I'm just being cautious. That's all. There it's you like go. We're, we're underdogs by, I think, it's nine points. Oh, wow. So that's you know, this. This is what we're up against, and the more wins we can produce, the more underdog thing we can engulf. So I'm hoping we get more than one win in the month of <laughs> September for sure. So good start. I'm excited about it. Beat a good 49ers team, and uh, yeah, I'm fired up for the Bears. We're it felt good to win. I'll say that. As it always does. As it always does. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's a feeling that was fleeting during Nagy's tenure. So when you get one, you got to embrace it. I, That's I, right. have, I have six days to enjoy this. So here we go. Whole new regime. So you get to live it up. <laughs> and the Chargers uh, got a little payback from the week 18 fiasco last year where the Raiders took their playoff spot. Um, so they took care of business at home. However, in true Charger fashion, it had to come down to something. You know, the Raiders came back and. Whatever, but the the Chargers look good. They will be without Keenan Allen though for a while. Hamstring problem. He went out in the first quarter. Always hurt. So yeah, disappointing. But you'll see a lot of Mike Williams and the younger receivers, Josh Palmer. Right. There'll be some new you know receiver names we're gonna hear, and a you know heavy workload for Mike Williams you'd expect. And then they go into Kansas City on Thursday. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a huge game. Huge. Yeah. One of those teams will be 2-0. and The Chargers could potentially pick up a huge road W. And generally, those games are pretty close that they play in Kansas City. So, that's uh, must-see television for sure. I think that Thursday night game between Kansas City is going to set up the Chargers season. And then, you go, you know, the Chiefs have been the top dog. You got the Chargers, who have all the talent in the world, trying to take that spot. So that's the okay. dynamic going into your house. That's going to be – that's what football is really all about. Oh, yeah. That that change of power or keeping the power, keeping them down there. You know, you got to take it. it. No one's going to give you anything. So no. You, they're going to have to go in there and take it from Mahomes, who looked phenomenal on Sunday, as he does. And then uh, UFC 279 – Diaz with the retirement W, maybe, maybe not, probably, uh, over Tony Ferguson. And then Kamzat taking care of business versus Holland. Does he get into big fights later? Can he make weight at 170? Does he have to move up? I don't know, Polar Bear. Oh, oh wow. He's all over the place. Who knows? Very, yeah. very uh, on character for him, you know? He's got a creepy beard, and uh, he's a scary individual. You know, he is a a very scary person, you know. 
<laughs> he's tall he and lanky, and he can fight you. That seems scary. <laughs> <laughs> if he wasn't a UFC fighter, I think he's just like a hitman somewhere. In oh, that's a good call. Yeah. But that'll do it for episode 20. Look, we're stoked to be back. Polar Bear, you got any last words for the people? You're ready for football, baby. It's going to be football heavy. So excited. <laughs> Love it. But for episode 20, we out. See ya.